0: Hi everyone. Just like last week, we recorded this episode several weeks ago before the national outcry against police brutality led to worldwide protests. One of the ways in which we've decided to contribute is to spotlight a different organization every week that you can all check out if you feel so compelled.
1: This week, we're highlighting actforblacktranslives.org, where you can find action steps and resources to support members of our most vulnerable communities. This website also provides a link to a donation splitter that spreads your donation across many Black trans-led organizations. Some of these include the OCRA Project, Black Trans Women Inc., the Marshall P. Johnson Institute, the Black and Pink Bail Fund, and many, many more. In memory of the Black trans folks who have lost their lives to violence this year alone, we've made a donation via actforblacktranslives.org. We honor their memories, and we say their names. Nina Pop,
0: Monica Diamond.
1: Tony McDade.
0: Dominique Fells. And Raya Milton. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan.
1: I'm Amy Jo Jackson.
0: And on this week's episode, he's the ghost with the most. It's Beetlejuice.
1: For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost
0: starry. Amy Jo, how are you?
1: You know, I'm doing well. I'm in my uh, my mixed up light Beetlejuice cosplay. I have my striped blazer uh and then yeah i have black gloves uh around your head a lot yeah it felt like the only respectful thing to do
0: it is a nice cosplay of combining uh uh, delia deets and uh and beetlejuice is fun i feel like that's kind of where i live yeah you're not you know what you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) uh beetlejuice was a comedy fantasy film originally released on march 30th 1988 amy cho what's your experience with Metal Goose with
1: Metal Goose, um, I actually had had seen this movie like a couple times in high school, but then I hadn't seen it for a long time till you and I watched it a few years ago. Um, so it's one that I have like a lot of cultural familiarity with, sure. more so than like this isn't one that we would watch all the time in my house, but like was one I was always like, oh yeah, Beetlejuice, I like that movie, but yeah. I, I I didn't like. We didn't own it, and you know, back in the day. You needed that sweet, yeah. sweet VHS.
0: I don't think – yeah, we never owned it. But I used to see this all the time as a kid. I wonder if this – I think this used to be like a regular on TV. Mm. I don't know what channel, but whether it was like, a, I don't know, a TNT or maybe even an HBO. Sure. HBO. When I was a kid I, at some point, this might have been one of the ones that was like constantly – I used to watch this a lot when I was younger. Um, and then I hadn't seen it in a long time until we then – And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This movie – is so good. This
1: movie slaps, and
0: also, but also, like rewatching it uh, now in my thirties, opposed to when I was in my teens slash younger. Uh, it's like what a weird, dark little film. Like stuff where yeah. you're like, never today are you having like so many references to suicide in a PG in a PG movie. like Rob?
1: <laughs> sort of. You
0: know, uh, yeah, it's strange. yeah. Although I think this was like the cusp of when they created the PG thirteen rating. I forget mm. exactly that, but it's like. I think it's like one of the facts about this movie is that it's like Beetlejuice and two other films are the only PG films to have the F word because Beetlejuice just like nice F and model at the one point. And you're like, this is a PG film ostensibly for young, if not kids, like a younger audience, Uh, which is pretty bananas that they got away with that. Um, Great. So if you haven't seen Beetlejuice before or if you haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief ish synopsis. Spoilers ahead. Young couple, Barbara and Adam Maitland, accidentally drown while driving home to their Connecticut country vacation house. They return home, and thanks to a handbook for the recently deceased left for them, realize that they're dead. They also learn that they can't leave the house, as outside is a desert world with monstrous sandworms. Now, now
1: quick, quick cue. Is yes. it their country home, or is it their, their home?
0: Looking up line on the synopsis, it says their country home, and it made it sound like that they were there. For maybe like the summer that I don't think they were going to be like, we're living here. Permanent residence. Because I think that's why, what is it? Is it her sister or Gina Davis's friend who's like, you got to sell this place. It's too small for you. No, it's too big for you. I'm sorry, sorry. it's too big for you. But I think she's saying that because it's like, this isn't even like your house. I thought that
1: it was, they'd moved in and there was this whole thing about how they couldn't have kids, which is also kind of a heavy topic to be dealing with in a PG film. And then- she, that's what she was just pressuring them to sell it because like this house should go to a family.
0: This could just be, I don't remember if this was like, I, I've kind of a- uh, Straight uh, from the Burton. Wh- or, well, No, I was going to say yeah. straight from the Wikipedia. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, slash the IMDb synopsis. I don't remember where I got the synopsis from and then pared it down to a more manageable length. Because I'll tell yeah. you some people, these synopses, they like to be pretty much the entire <laughs> screenplay. Great. Uh, regardless, they return home. They, yeah, yeah. They realize they're dead. And also sandworms, which is like- what a delightfully random thing to be like, well, what's outside the house? Would it just be a dark nothing? Nah, it'd be a desert planet with sandworms. That's pretty
1: great because it's like a Jodorowsky's Dune. Dune,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's very, very Dune-ish. Well, I mean, there's still sandworms in the- movie of Dune that they made without Yadorovsky. I didn't see it. I've, <laughs> no, I've did I. have <laughs> only seen Yadorovsky's Dune, the fair documentary. Enough, fair enough, fair enough, uh, Their house is quickly sold to the Dietz family from New York City, who consists of Charles Dietz, a former real estate developer, his wife Delia, a sculptor, and his teenage goth daughter Lydia from his first marriage. Under the guidance of interior designer Otho, Delia begins to transform the house into a posh modern art piece. Consulting the handbook, Barbara and Adam travel to another world waiting room where they meet their caseworker Juno who informs them that they must remain in the house for 125 years, and if they want the Dietzes out, it's up to them to scare them away. The Dietzes are unable to see the Maitland's attempts at haunting, however, except for Lydia, who is unafraid and befriends them. Realizing they need help, Barbara and Adam contact the freelance bio-exorcist ghost Beetlejuice, but after being offended by his crude and morbid demeanor, they reconsider hiring him. Instead, they attempt to disrupt the Dietzes' dinner party by possessing them and forcing them to lip-sync and dance to Deo, which only intrigues the guests who see the ghost as a money-making opportunity. Otho attempts to summon the Maitlands, but accidentally performs an exorcism, causing Barbara and Adam to begin to decay. Desperate to save them, Lydia summons Beetlejuice to help in the agreement that she'll marry him, allowing him to cause chaos in the mortal world. Beetlejuice saves Barbara and Adam, but is stopped before he can marry Lydia when a sandworm ridden by Barbara bursts through the house and devours him. The film ends with the Dietzes and the Maitlands living in harmony, and Beetlejuice stuck in the afterlife waiting room.
1: Gina Davis on a sandworm does not get enough appreciation. It's such
0: a funny shot. And what's missing, because you're you're in the climax of the film, you don't have time for like this, but I want to see her taming the sandworm. Yeah, it needs like like a hero shot. Yeah. Yeah, Well, no, I want like a whole 20 minute subplot that's Gina (laughs) Davis. And it it would have to go somewhere in the middle of the movie where she gets stuck out there and she's got to like tame the sandworm before she gets back in. Mm Because they're always just shown as like this malevolent, like giant, creepy old worm has like a... It's like the alien, the xenomorph, alien where it has like a little mini face, tongues thing inside it yeah, almost, or it's like yeah, shedding snake skin. Like such cool character designs. But I want to see like the I want to see Gina Davis as the Sandworm Whisperer, where she's just like, "Easy boy, easy boy, sun's going down, it's gonna be okay." <laughs> uh- <laughs> The casting directors of Beetlejuice were Janet Hershenson and Jane Jenkins, who were also the casting directors of previous episode, The Princess Bride. Well, what do you know? Both Emmy nominees for their work on the HBO movie Iron-Jawed Angels. Additional credits include Jurassic Park, Home Alone, and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, Quick note on the director, Wes Craven was attached to direct the film when it was set to be a morbid supernatural drama, but the studio decided to take it in a more creative, comedic direction, which I can see that film. It feels very Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm. um, especially with Beetlejuice. I've not seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Sure. Well, it's 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 this Freddy Krueger like is the villain. He lives in like a dream world. So if you fall asleep, then it's like that's how that's the way he can get you. So it's all these teens like. Oh, I'm
1: so glad I didn't see that as a child. Johnny Depp and everyone just like trying to
0: not fall asleep. Oh. Uh, So after Pee-wee's Big Adventure, his first film, Mm -hmm. uh, Tim Burton was offered a lot of scripts, but he hated all of them. My favorite being that he was offered a chance to direct this movie called Hot to Trot. Which starred Bobcat Goldthwaite uh, and a talking horse with the voice of John Candy, and that's what like the kind of movies he was being offered, and Tim Burton was losing his mind because he because I mean if you only I, know him I from Pee-wee's Big Adventure, yeah. that you can kind of be like, oh, you're you're even though you, you you clearly didn't watch it close enough for the large Marge scene, which is terrifying. Yes, in of course it is. But it's also just like oh, this wacky creative comedy. Oh, you know what's wacky and creative? A talking horse.
1: Yeah, that's funny because like looking at it afterwards like looking at it in context of the rest of his work you can totally. see what made Wee's big adventure like a tim burton film but if yeah. that's all you have to go on i can see how you might misinterpret <laughs> some of what you're just seeing
0: a just a bit so he instead he started writing his own batman script wait until he finally got the script for beetlejuice and was like ah finally i've got so many creative ideas mm. Um, of like designs and character designs, which is like what Tim Burton like loves the most is like those Clearly. those character designs. Uh, but he, he constantly battled with the studio over the tone and over <laughs> the studio, hated the title Beetlejuice. Uh, they wanted to call the film House ghosts. No. Which, like, house that's ghosts. not a title. That's, like, nothing. That's,
1: like, when whatever show it's actually called in Spanish has been translated to money heist. Oh,
0: yes. El, El, uh, Casa de papel or whatever. Oh, which yeah. is, like, the house of paper. Which, which just, is a much more, more evocative paper, title. Said. Oh, a money heist. Money heist. Which is... Uh, Great show. If you've not checked out Money Heist on Netflix, it's it's pretty great. I'm, I'm a fan.
1: That's like but that's like not a lost in translation title. That's like, no, we're just I mean, I get it. They're trying uh, to do a play from on
0: Hollywood Studios. Well execs. they're trying to
1: do a play on words with house guests, but it's not clever enough. So. you know what? I never even got that. Ah, yes. Well that
0: makes so much more sense. It's still a terrible <laughs> title, but <'Cause> also, House <laughs> Ghost, they're is not right. the guests. Wow. They... That's a, you're right. Yeah, they're not the guests. They're it's their house. For so the many reasons it people. needed to be not called yeah. that. Well, I mean, this shows you how dumb those studio execs were because because as a joke, Tim Burton suggested the name "Scared Sheetless," and the studio was like, well, "Okay, that's a <laughs> that's even better." Th- Murray, that's even better than House Ghost. <laughs> um, according to Tim Burton, it took a lot of time to convince the cast members to sign as they thought the script was too weird. Gina Davis was the only cast member who would commit to the project. And uh, we'll get into it. She was not the first pick. But Michael Keaton, Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara, and Sylvia Sidney all said no at least once. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it's like it took a lot to get this movie going. And they're all, uh, I, I really love this cast. And it's, but it is like imagining it just on the page, we're like, How many weirdo movies like this were made? And especially at a time when you have so much like stop motion special effects, but... The budget for the film was not high, so Tim Burton kind of embraced having like a more rudimentary looking, yeah. spe- like cheesier B movie, mm-hmm. old timey special effects. But it could be easy to be like, "Oh man, this is g- how how can you pull this off?"
1: Well, and like now again, because we've seen a lot of Burton films, you- now you could look at this on the page, assuming this was something he was making now, and be like, "I can see how Burton's going to make this even with a lower budget because oh, we sure. know what the world." is going to look maybe not exactly look like but it's easier to picture because we were like oh i know what a tim burton movie
0: looks like definitely
1: uh whereas then it did that didn't exist as an aesthetic
0: well that was michael keaton like he was like absolutely not until he met with tim burton and then after meeting with him he they like sent him peewee's big adventure which i'm not sure i think peewee's big adventure was 87 either i don't know if it was like had been released Mm. yet or it might have been released but like just been released and it wasn't like everyone was like let's go out and see peewee's big this the movie adaptation of this cult classic TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but when once Michael Keaton saw PB's Big Adventure, he was like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Totally, I'm in. Uh, so let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Now, some of these people may have auditioned. some may have been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. Uh, And we're going to save that titular character for a little later. So let's kick things off with Lydia Dietz. And before we get into who was almost cast, real quick, Amy, your thoughts on Winona Ryder. And if you had to cast someone other than her, who would you cast?
1: This is peak Winona.
0: Peak Winona. I
1: feel like uh, this and... Well, I mean, there's quite a few things that you're like, that's like, it's so in the pocket. But this is like, what a perfect meeting of like performer and like the director's aesthetic like yeah. it sits so well on her and her delivery is so great like Definitely. i think she's wonderful yeah.
0: and this is heather's was the next year so like what a one-two wow. punch of like if you need a, a dark
1: sardonic, or, like, a very dark sardonic teen. teen
0: talking about death <laughs> death, and death, suicide, death, death. And suicide, uh get yourself someone on a writer, and then and then who better to go off those two than little women
1: <laughs> look
0: it worked. Oh, absolutely. But Hashtag it is like
1: Beth dies.
0: <laughs> oh, de- well, spoilers for little women. For
1: little women, please. Okay. Um now the the first person who sprang to mind as a very obvious Winona adjacent performer okay. is Christina Ricci.
0: Yes, it's just I don't know how old because she would have
1: been a little too young. A little young, too young. But like if this was five years later, mm. this would have been Christina Ricci. I mean, th- yeah. like just Wednesday of Adams, Adams.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, just it's her Adams family so like, yeah, like that young. droll. Because Winona's uh, was sixteen at the time of filming, which is like
1: yeah, Christina Ricci right, was definitely as kind of young, young as she but, can be,
0: considering it ends with like Beale just being like, "And you gotta marry me, toots," and you're like, yeah, "Oh, I mean, this it's is already creepy." To feel Appropriate, it is, but... but if she was an 11-year-old, yeah, we'll... you're like a little, that much more of like, well, this is a little uh, new. I think I'm
1: taking, this will be my stop, uh, Governor. I'm, I'll be getting
0: off before the last 20 <laughs> exactly. minutes of your movie, sorry.
1: Um I had other thoughts, like, if this were then a few years later, mm-hmm. a young Aubrey Plaza is, like, <laughs> exactly the kind of comedic, dark sensibility you want. Absolutely. Sure. And then, like, this is someone who's who's more obscure. Um, You can probably speak more because you've seen more of, like, her actual TV shows, but I know that she did um stuff as a kid is uh Colby Minifie who is like a theater actor but she's on Jessica Jones yeah. she's the redhead Yeah and that,
0: in the first season she's got a she's Yeah, a few episodes she's of the first season she's, she's like a weird like upstairs neighbor. neighbor Jessica Jones She's got
1: an arc on yeah, uh yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Mazel. Oh, like okay, cool. she's like a very quirky uh like quirky like looking and feeling performer and i I feel like oh actually if like this had been the right age like colby would have been a very interesting choice Mm -hmm. um and then did oh (laughs) this is clearly like uh a much much older choice but i was just like who else were were child stars I was like oh yeah natalie wood it's <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> what would beetle just look like with natalie wood in it and i think it'd be a little more sensitive but i'd i mean i'd watch it
0: sure sure <laughs> um so here were some of the people who were almost considered for lydia so it came down to winona and Alyssa milano
1: Alyssa Milano is always She's all over the all place. Over the place.
0: Uh, and she was right in the middle of uh Who's the Boss was was she was like right in the middle of filming. Sure, 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 sure. Um but it was, she was those were the final two and they were like they went for Oh I, I know and I will always because I never watched Who's the Boss. And I never watched Charmed. I will oh, I pretty much exclusively know Alyssa Milano from <laughs> Commando <laughs> as Schwarzenegger star. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh Juliet Lewis was considered. Oh. Who I think would be I, great. I totally see I, that. I, I could totally I see understand her. Because Cape Fear was ninety one, I think, so and this is eighty-eight, so it's like that's around she's mm. like the right age at the time, and I could definitely see her. Lori Laughlin. <laughs> and this was the same... eighty eight is the same year Full House
1: well, started. Interesting. Interesting. But how old was Lori Laughlin in Twenty three.
0: She was twenty three at this time.
1: Okay. Well
0: And and there's, there's nothing in the script that says Lydia's age it's kind of implied it makes a lot that of sense for her teen. to be like in high school age
1: well but as we know from like i don't know what Dawson's Creek or name any like of course, thing of course, like of you cast you older have, you to know, play these younger 30 year
0: old's playing high school
1: which i mean as we know like makes it easier you're you get around child labor laws and oh, certain oh, you know absolutely. but um, but
0: to be like aunt Becky to, if she had done, been so able to funny. do both so it was like aunt, oh it's aunt Becky and the high school age, the, uh, 60s, the high school age Lydia. That's age fascinating. It's very strange, and I mean, it I don't think a lot she was things. in season one of Full House. She what was she in season one of Full House? I believe she was. Yeah. Oh wow, that I, uh,
1: I thought she came to the, on uh, as a
0: the old IMDb, the M Dib. Uh, I believe it's she. It's been a minute from... since I
1: have really done a full case study of the the Full House. Uh... It's been
0: forever, and by forever, I mean. I never have and never will. Oh, do a well, case see, study I of Full House. Lot, I
1: watched a lot of it, unfortunately, in my childhood.
0: I do I do watch a lot of Full House, but I don't remember if uh, I I'm, I'm pretty sure she was with it from like from the beginning. No, it's like Full House and Family Matters and Step by Step oh, or, yes. or the, Those the
1: were a like, the TGIF lineup. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Diane Lane. Oh. Was considered. Interesting.
1: I'm not mad about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's someone that like I forget was like a child yes. actor, but it was like acting like I think she's in like some movie, like the Cotton Club, like a friend. I think it's a Francis Ford Coppola movie. Maybe I could uh-huh. be speaking in like the eight, in like the late eighties. And you're like, I think oh. she
1: was on Broadway in the seventies in Liz Suedos' Runaways. Oh,
0: oh yes, you're right. You're I'm absolutely right. Almost positive. Totally, totally. Um, she'd be good. I, I was to mention. So instead of because she was not cast as Lydia Dietz, it freed up Diane Lane to instead do the movie Priceless Beauty, which the- <laughs> Christopher Lambert plays a rock star who stopped singing after the death of his brother and finds a female genie in a vase. Whoa. And she tries to help him live again. That was that a is the,
1: sharp left turn.
0: <laughs> that is the little summary on IMDb. And I was like, wait, what? What? If you know Christopher Lambert from Highlander and Mortal Kombat. He's also such a bananas performer. So that just sounds like Diane Lane... Uh, better choice would have been if she'd gotten Beetlejuice instead of having to make Priceless Beauty as a genie helping out rock star Christopher Lambert. Mm. Moving on. Sarah Jessica Parker.
1: Oh, yes. Like, yes. Sure. Well, yeah, she was an Annie. You oh know. yes, yes,
0: yes. I, she was acting at that time, but yeah. I just mean in terms of imagining her as Lydia... I don't. I, I
1: can. I can sort of see it. She just yeah. always plays this like peppy thing, but I. She. I can see yeah. her Especially, just tilting the edge slightly yeah. in
0: the other direction. I'd never seen any of her young. I think the youngest thing I've ever seen her do was First Wives Club, mm-hmm. um, which is that like more such a such uh, like imagining Winona Ryder in that role in First Wives Club. You're like, uh, you know, Brooke Shields was considered. Sure, of I feel like she, she was, was considered for everything. She sure was. Time. Uh, Molly Ringwald, sure. was considered, and. I think this would have been most beneficial for her because this was Pretty in Pink was '86, and then The Pickup Artist with her and Robert Downey Jr. was '87, and that was kind of like the end of her John. That was kind of the end of her yeah. like big film. So uh, this same year in '88, she did um, some movie called Fresh Horses. Um, not to be confused with "How to Trot," talking John Candy, um, <laughs> uh, and some movie called "For Keeps?" Question mark. Yikes! Where she gets pregnant as her character. Oh, get it? Wow. Um, and now she's doing fine because I, I was curious. I looked her up, and she's on Riverdale. She's in like in like.
1: She did a lot of Broadway. Twenty something episodes you know.
0: of Riverdale, did she?
1: Yeah, she, was, she was a Sally Bowles replacement in that revival oh, in the 90s. Right. She did, she did. She's done something else, at she least had, one or two done, other things. The
0: last thing I saw, she done some off-Broadway adaptation of uh, Terms of Endearment. Mm. Uh, I think that, because how, Molly Ringwald, especially because it's like, when they've kept to the redhead which I mean like what a redhead family even though she's not totally even though she's like the stepdaughter of Catherine O'Hara maybe that's
1: also why I thought of Colby Menifee because she's mm. got that same kind of like ginger hair that the two of them have
0: yeah but if they had like dyed Molly Ringwald's hair black yeah. if you're like oh this is a very Drama. different way of seeing Mo- of pretty and pinks and like you know the uh the the queen or what did the queen be or whatever you he, call her in breakfast club yeah of, uh,
1: actually it's more of like an ally, an ally she, she type, yeah I
0: she i think she would have been really good it's surprising she didn't well I, molly she ringwald as,
1: was like the famous one
0: yeah i guess but you've got people that were not as super you know Lori laughlin wasn't a star at that time in terms of no who, who's up for these roles um now she's, she's certainly not a star jail now jail <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fun. Uh, moving, moving on, uh, Jennifer Connolly was considered. Oh, yeah. Two years after Labyrinth. I think she's my favorite pick of these uh, in terms great. of instead, because I love Winona. Winona forever for this movie. But if you had <laughs> to get. If you had You're to a writer else,
1: or die.
0: Jennifer Connolly, I think, would have done really good. She's fantastic. Um, she's got that, like, inten- that intensity. I can really you see You have no
1: power over me.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beetlejuice, you have no power over me. <laughs> Oh, he. I'll, I'll. Spoilers. He was not considered, but uh David Bowie, Beetlejuice. Heck. Ooh. Yes. I mean, it's much more of a it labyrinth very type Very
1: different movie. We're uh, talking about.
0: Uh, and finally, uh, Heather Langenkamp, who was the lead of A Nightmare on Elm Street, is kind of her big thing, oh. and she turned it down because she didn't want to play. A goth girl, or I assume sure didn't want to be typecast in like horror-ish. I films. get it. Moving on to Barbara. Barbara Maitland, played by Gina Davis. So Amy Jo, real quick, your thoughts on Gina? And if you had to cast someone else, who would you cast?
1: I love Gina. I love Gina always in everything. Gina Davis. I haven't ever seen her be bad. Now, I haven't seen all of her films, but I've never seen her be bad in a movie. Yeah. This is also not the type of role I would normally think of Gina Davis for, you know. Yeah. Um she's like she's very tall like myself, mm-hmm. you know, and tall people often don't get to play like kind of like innocent you know, I right. am in in a sense with a T, not not with the C. Ah. Um, like, uh, just kind of a more naive, like, wholesome kind of thing. She's usually wide eyed. Yeah, she's normally playing someone who's a little more street smart, a little savvier. You know, and Tootsie, she's walking around half naked the entire time. <laughs> you know, just like, um. So I think this was really fun to see this color on her and to see her do it so beautifully. I thought she, I think she's very touching in it. I think
0: she's great, and because it's like it, you've got like a big cast of characters without like a real. St- straightforward lead like technically it's like her and alt baldwin are our leads but like then we're like it, then it's been in a writer's yeah. movie, and then you're like, now it's Michael. Not, it's never really Michael Keaton's film, but he still dominates when yes, he's on absolutely. screen. Well, he's
1: the titular character, um, right? So
0: my point being, she doesn't have a lot of time to sell. Like, she's got to sell like the whole like na- 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 now the whole maternal subplot with yes. her and Winona. Like they barely have any scenes but together, they do but she it really so sells it. Well. It's so beautiful, yeah. Uh, and Gina Davis is not helped by this <laughs> grandma dress they this got her gram- in.
1: Well, I think actually it does help her. Okay, I think okay. it helps her like because it's not showing off. Like, look at my rock and model. <laughs> Odd, but it's like, well, I'm just, I'm just here letting my hair down in the country, you know. Gonna, gonna put up my floral wallpaper and enjoy some fresh air.
0: I'm gonna put on my floral wallpaper and turn it into a dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Look real, and it. real quick, this was uh, the same year she, she had this huge year for Gina. She had this and the Accidental Tourist with uh, uh, William Hurt and Kathleen Turner, which she won an Oscar for. She was doing. Okay. With them and pray good. Uh so who do you got that if you had to cast someone else?
1: From this same time period, my first thought is Glenn Headley from uh oh. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels yeah. and et cetera. Like she she actually does a lot more of this kind of role usually. Yeah. Just this kind of like Well, just that wide eyed and like, you don't Mm. ever think she's stupid, but you you do kind of think that she allows herself to be a doormat a bit. yeah. And uh, that's kind of like what this character has a bit going on. So I could see that very clearly. I thought this would be a fun role for Sigourney Weaver, like just a kind of uh, more like, like lighter turn than some of the stuff she was doing at this time. I thought, and this kind of gets into, not kind of, totally gets into the Adam casting as well, but I was like, oh, if this were done today, mm-hmm. I would totally be down for a repairing of Constance Wu and Henry Golding. Uh, oh, I think that'd be, be very charming. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: Um, I was just like, I don't know, because I don't watch a lot of like rom-coms I mean, today. True.
0: Or a uh, uh, repairing of her and her Fresh Off the Boat co-star Randall Park, oh, who I think would also, also be Also very charming. Delightful. Oh,
1: 100%. Yes. Yeah.
0: Anyway. I mean, I I just see Randall Park a bit more as like the nerdy, like model house. For sure, builder. it would be a I mean, bit more like, of a okay, okay, you gorgeous well, carved out of marble. I being. forgot
1: how attractive Alec Baldwin was till I was watching this movie. I was like, oh yeah, young Alec Baldwin, like was a looker. <laughs> he had it going on. Turns out he <laughs> people were like, this guy should be in Hollywood. Um, but like, I think in the same way that like for Alec Baldwin, it was like a bit of a like, well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to act this kind of guy because this is not not Baldwin. When... And we'll
0: we'll get into yeah, that. but
1: I feel like that would be kind of like what yeah. we'd be having to see from from Henry Golding. But yeah, love Randall it. Park, you're love right. It, I think it, is it. a is a better fit for that.
0: Yeah. But... Now, uh, as I mentioned, Gina Davis was not the first choice. The original choice was Kirstie Alley, but the producers of Cheers would not let her out of her contract.
1: Interesting. Also, not what I would think of Kirstie Alley doing, but yeah,
0: yeah I could see her more. Uh, in the Delia yeah, role, in the 100%. Catherine O'Hara role, where, like, the more of a... Um,
1: just a, a flashier yeah, character yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: art part. And just more, like, sh- stronger, like, shoulder uh-huh. forward, like... Yes. Yeah. Uh, instead, uh, Kirstie Alley, in 1988, as long with Cheers, she had a cameo as herself in the John Hughes film, She's Having a Baby, with uh, Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth McGovern.
1: Never saw it.
0: No. Uh, next up was point to amy joe sigourney weaver was up for barbara i love when i get one on the list but i'll tell you this i think it was the right choice for her to not do beetlejuice because instead in 1988 sigourney did working girl uh and gorillas in the mist and was nominated for an oscar for both films so
1: she killed it
0: (laughs) uh, sigourney (laughs) is one of only 11 actors to be nominated for lead and supporting oscars in the same year
1: didn't someone just do it last year
0: uh, I'm sure they did. It was. You're right. You're right. Oh, who did it last year? Scar jo. Scarlett Scar- Johansson jo. for *Marriage Story* and Jojo Rabbit. Didn't even have to look it up. No,
1: you got there.
0: <laughs> Why are you not enthusiastically applauding me? Instead, you're taking a sip from your drink and rolling your eyes. I'm
1: not rolling my eyes, but well, I listen, am. her at home,
0: she's rolling her eyes. <laughs> they don't know. They'll believe me. <laughs> Oh, man, now this Velociraptors in the recording booth. Uh, moving on, uh, Linda Blair was considered for Barbara. Oh. I know, The Exorcist, Linda Blair, uh, which is an uh, interesting choice. I mean,
1: you're bringing dark horror history right. into the space. I feel like it's a lot of space. Like,
0: Tim Burton being like, oh, if I could work with Linda Blair, that'd be that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and instead, th- these are the movies Linda Blair did in 88. I just love these titles. Moving Target, co- starring Ernest Borgnine. Mm. Witchery starring David Hasselhoff. it
1: Witch- whoa, whoa, starring David. I wasn't ready for that. A movie called, <laughs> David- <laughs> a movie called
0: Grotesque and a film called Silent Assassins, um, opposed to real noisy assassins.
1: Oh, I see. I thought it was like Silent Dash Assassins with the way Silent
0: Assassins. Yeah. Uh, Linda Hamilton was considered who I think okay, did yeah. a good job. Uh, but she was in the middle of shooting uh the TV series Beauty and the Beast. Goldie Hawn. Oh. I can absolutely
1: see that. Yeah. I think, I think that's
0: a great choice. Also someone, though, that I think I would have rather have seen her in the Delia. Yes,
1: but at this point in time, mm-hmm. she was st- she's kind of in between, which is also probably why like it didn't work out. Like, she's someone who lives more in between that those two comedic
0: spaces. Yeah. And the last person considered was Laura Dern, which I found strange because uh, she was only 20 at the time of huh. filming compared to, like, if Lori Laughlin was- Lydia at 23, about, like, would you be my I mom? I don't
1: also think that they would look, like, that different. You know, it's not like Laura Dern as Maggie Smith, who even when she was young looked like, is this person, you know, That's true.
0: 35 I, or 90? It took me so long uh, to go back to Jurassic Park and be like, oh, what, this age difference between Laura Dern and Sam Neill. It is it's tremendous. Because as a kid, I'm just like, Laura Dern, that is a grown woman pro- like in my mind it's like you might yeah. as well be in your 30s like late 30s when she was like whatever 24 when she yeah. filmed that or something um I mean iconic and I love Laura Dern I, I, th- I do think oh. Laura Dern would have been good yes. but I do think that she would have that Barbara needs to be a bit older than yeah,
1: yeah this is like yeah. the
0: year after Blue Velvet when she's playing a high schooler so it's like almost like Laura Dern could have been up for Lydia. Lydia yeah interesting and moving on to adam played by alec baldwin so what were your thoughts on alec baldwin and if you had to cast someone else who would you cast i thought
1: and of course this didn't strike me when i watched this in high school but like knowing alec baldwin now i was surprised by like that he pulled this characterization off you know i think he's funny he's he's charming Um, and I kind of believe him in, not kind of, I like, I believe him in this part, which is funny because it's just, has nothing to do with any association I have of Alec Baldwin. I know. It's a very
0: different kind of role for him. And he, he's like, does not like the, it's not that he doesn't like the film, but he does not like his performance in it. So he just doesn't watch the film. And
1: I'm sure it also is because it's like, to him, it probably feels like an uncomfortable fit that he was trying too hard. So even if it's like, I think he does it successfully, he's watching him stitch together something right. that feels outside himself,
0: and he apparently it's also because it's like of, not that it's a l- less interesting film, but in terms of what he yeah, gets to do, like yeah, at least yeah. Barbara has like a more stronger connection with Lydia. Uh, but he did say, Poplin said that like he went to Tim Burton because he wanted to do something. So he's like, "What if I had more of a kind of like an effect voice, like an effect um like like, like transatlantic voice, or like, like like something like this?" And Tim Burton is like working on his sketches of his character designs and just looks up and goes, "Oh, um, um, no." And then he just went back to his sketches, and Alec Baldwin's like, cool. Great. I mean, like, why would he? Because well, he just wanted to have something no, to do. No, I get it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Alc Baldwin was like, can I at least have glasses? Can I, like, do something to, like, create a character? Because it's it's a weird yeah um <laughs> I do want to say, Alec Baldwin, also in She's Having a Baby in 1988. Everyone's right. having and, a baby. So if you had to cast someone else.
1: I have more of this era Rick Moranis. Now he'd be super short next to Gina Davis, so you have that as this true. potentially comedic, but potentially a problem. One thing you do have with Alec Baldwin is it's the, the same height, you know, and sure. that's just an easy yeah. thing. But Rick Moranis yeah, is definitely cares. much more like I can see him up in an attic, being like my figurines, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
0: it's very, it's a very uh, uh, Wayne, Salinsky is that his name in Honey I Shrink the Kids? I feel like he's a, in the attic. He's sure. got his, like, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking Seymour okay. Krelborn as well, you know. Uh, of course, but, of um,
1: but yeah, so that I see. Um, I I going going back a bit. I could see this being like a decent like Jack Lemmon role, or even like a Jimmy Stewart type thing. Just like Jimmy Stewart has that like aw shucks energy that works so well for this kind of character. Absolutely. And then if if it were today, I'd love to see William Jackson Harper in this part. Oh, I think he'd be the most charming ever.
0: Oh, I think so. Well, I think so as well. I think so too. Um, so the one actor, the one other actor that was up for this, it's so funny because as a kid. I don't know besides this what the next movie with Alec Baldwin that I ever saw. Because most of his stuff was like not for kids. Mm-mm. Um and so I just didn't see it. So it was, for whatever reason, I was conflating and I thought that this role was played by the only other actor considered for it, Bill Pullman. For this a is long time. Such a Bill I Pullman so thought role. this was Bill Pullman. I was like, oh, this is the guy from Independence oh. Day. And whatever else I'd seen, Bill Pullman, but that's who I thought was played this role and to go back and then be like, wait, oh, it's not Bill Pullman. And I was like, who is this? And it took so long to be like, that's Alec Baldwin. This
1: is a hundred percent Alec Baldwin, like playing a Bill Pullman type, you know, I mean, it's very what Bill Pullman does in Casper, you know, like it just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Like, just that strong kind of, like, this character isn't a dad, but it's that kind of dad energy, you know? Absolutely. And that is so funny. I was trying to think of, like, who it was reminding me of, and it's absolutely Bill Pullman.
0: Yeah. And the other, act- uh, the other actor that I think would have done a really good job was Tim Robbins. Oh. I could also very oh, much see so in this charming. kind of, uh...
1: <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Uh, so let's move on to Delia Dietz, played let's by please. Catherine O'Hara. Oh, who I love. So uh, what what do you think about old Catherine O'Hara? Do,
1: do you think she's good at the acting, Amy Jack? Well, what I have written here is perfect in all caps with three <laughs> exclamation points. And I would have put more, but I couldn't fit it in my notebook. Um, I mean, in, we all know Catherine O'Hara she's deserves so all of the everything.
0: Oh, She really does. Whether she's you know her so from good. Home Alone, whether you know her from all of her Christopher Guest films or Schitt's Creek, uh, she's just so good in everything. I love Catherine O'Hara. She's Hara. so
1: good. Funny. But, like, funny on, like, every level. Like, that's one of the things, like, going back and watching Home Alone as an adult and as someone who knows the rest of her body of work. Mm. You see, like, how she manages to play pretty much a straight man but still be hilarious but additive to the story. Not hilarious in a way that is, like, uh, showboating, yeah. you know? Oh, she's so funny. Everything – like, she, she's someone who also – you can tell designers love her because they'll put her in the most absurd hairstyles, the most absurd costumes, but they're never wearing her in in anything. No, like Shits Creek, she has like walls of wigs, Sunny you know, wigs. like just everything. Everything looks good on her because she can wear even the most ridiculous and make it yeah. hilarious and sublime. Totally. And that's a gift. That is a gift.
0: Uh, I love Catherine Harris. And I want. I had to mention to you listeners, because me and Amy Joe while watching, there's a moment early on when they're going through the house, because also I think that what I love about Catherine O'Hara's version of this is that I could so easily see hating this character. Yes. This character is obnoxious. They are so pretentious. And they're such such—they're so awful to their stepdaughter, uh, Lydia. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just don't because she's just so funny and so, so good. Um, but there's a moment early on when she's looking at this house when she goes, Ugh, in almost a perfect Lucille Ball mm-hmm. way. And I told Amy Joe, I was like, how did we not get a Lucille Ball biopic starring Catherine O'Hara? We were robbed. We were robbed. And it's like, yes, you could potentially still do it today. You would need someone to play like younger. Young Lucy, yeah. And I was like, what if they did a Lucille Ball biopic, older Lucy, Catherine O'Hara, younger Lucy, Kate McKinnon, give them. Oscars, leading I mean, and supporting. I'd be
1: lying if I said Kate McKinnon wasn't on my list of people who would be all so good in this part oh, if we were doing it today. Yes, yes,
0: please, 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 please. please. <laughs> Tell us, yes, if you had to cast someone else. Oh,
1: I don't know. I love character actors. So, like, I, there's so many people. It would just shift, obviously, what it felt like. But I have Kate McKinnon on this list. Oh, yeah. I have Madeline Kahn. Oh. Um, <laughs> Olivia Colman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rosalind Russell, if we're going, sure. on, like, way back. Um, I think uh if i was like this is also such a great role for like grand dames of the theater that for whatever reason haven't hit in movies Mm. so i'm like ooh, like harriet harris would be very funny in this part or like beth level like these are tony award-winning actors who are so funny who do film stuff but they haven't like risen to the level of fame i also have uh maya rudolph as a potential because she does that grand thing very well she just like looks very imposing and then i thought this would be a very different choice but laverne cox could be very funny in this as well um because it's it's also just like a fun character given a lot of freedom to just be like well what's your particular kind of wacky within this
0: style Definitely definitely uh so it was Catherine O'Hara and Jeffrey Jones's idea to use a Calypso number instead of originally it was supposed to be a song by the Ink Spots who they made some great tunes but they're not particularly hilarious in juxtaposition of having this Iconic scene of just this group of people of like, I don't know, I could dance calypso. People just suddenly possessed Connecticut, Connecticut, white bread. Well, some of them are coming down from the city. I know, but they're going Um, to Connecticut. They're going to Connecticut. Uh, Of of doing this calypso number, of doing Deo is so funny. They all play it so well, Uh, and I don't. The ink spots is such a like. Okay, where I'm sure Tim Burton is just like, well, I just love the ink spots. I mean,
1: I'm sure it would have been. Fun, but I don't know that it would have risen to the level of iconic.
0: Right. But knowing if you did not have Catherine O'Hara and or Jeffrey then Jones, you that, like you might, you might not have had that. And that's see, such that's a, like... what we call collaboration. Absolutely. Uh, and also, fun fact: Catherine O'Hara met her future husband, <gasps> production designer Bo Welch, while making this film. <gasps> According to Welch. Tim Burton said he should ask her out near the end of filming. And Welch said, quote, it didn't even occur to me that I was even supposed to talk to actors. But since Tim told me to, I did. And then we dated oh. and we're married. And here we are today. Because oh. we're still married today. Isn't that delightful? <laughs> I love that. Uh, so originally, this is the one other person who was originally cast in this role. Angelica Houston.
1: I could see it. But
0: she was ill and couldn't come in for filming. So Catherine O'Hare was kind of a more last minute replacement. And that I could see more. I mean, of course, she is fantastic in the Adams Family films. It'd
1: be a very, very different take.
0: It really would be. I see it more if the film was this like the a little, the more darker version mm-hmm. that either Wes Craven would have done or just if Tim Burton didn't really, we'll get into it. But Michael Keaton really helped shift this film into being more of a flat out comedy mm. than what it was, which would be more of a dark supernatural film with a hint of comedy yeah michael can really kicked it over into high gear in terms of being like no this should all be funny uh let's move on to otho the uh designer of the house played by glenn shaddix uh who you might know along from this movie as father ripper in heathers also with Winona Ryder, and which i didn't realize this until looking it up he is the voice of the mayor in the nightmare before christmas oh uh i can hear it now yeah so what do you think of glenn shaddix and uh who would you cast if you had to cast someone else
1: this is another great character track so i have a ton of <laughs> ton of thoughts because i just love I'm casting funny people and things of course. um i think he's wonderful he's so funny his voice is tremendous what a voice!
0: that's why i was so glad to see he was the mayor because i'm like why is he not like the voice of everything in every animated Truly,
1: film he's got one of those voices that it's just like it's so supple he knows he's such clearly such a master of it and knows what yeah. his voice can do and how to but also like a lot of his facial expressions like when we were watching the day on number um, oh yeah it's just like I mean they're all doing it but I think he is the best at that kind of like balance between like oh wow I'm really enjoying this what's happening oh wait <laughs> I am feeling this bongo like it's just a really hilariously crafted thing so I think he is a <laughs> with,
0: delight with his voice I was like if <laughs> so specific if lucifer the cat in cinderella spoke it Ooh. should be that voice because he has such a like uh-huh. like a little a cat that ate the cream absolutely deal yo. Yeah.
1: well okay so my first alternate thought which is definitely not of the era in which this film was made but is very voice-based and that would be george mm. sanders
0: yes uh, from uh from
1: uh, all about all eve, about eve course, the of voice course. of shere khan in the jungle book oh, of course of course of like
0: course. oh sure yeah.
1: iconic of that kind that exact kind of like I know more than you do. And I'm not afraid to admit it. You know, just that kind of superior thing that is inherent in the character. Yeah. Um, as far as more contemporary things. Yeah, I have a lot of a lot of people I think would be very funny. I, I thought like actually he wasn't famous enough at this point to have gotten this kind of role. But like Nathan Lane if he were doing something a little more when he's playing someone a little more suave rather than yeah. the kind of neurotic type thing, yeah. um, then almost everyone else is is more contemporary. I have Bowen Yang most recently of SNL. Uh, sure. uh, I have Billy Porter <laughs> who, I mean, can you imagine like uh. also the fashions if Billy were, oh, <laughs> were playing Otho Um Harvey Firestein, like 90s Harvey <laughs> 90s Harv. would just, because uh, he's also got like such an expressive face oh, yeah. as well, you know? Um, and then, wait, I had, did I have other people in here? Oh, this is, uh, uh, again, just because I was thinking of, of Constance Wu, but Nico Santos from Crazy Rich Asians, he plays Cousin Oliver. Oh, of
0: course. And he, he's on um, Superstore. Yes, he for, is. For those who I
1: watch. think he's so funny. And he's someone oh, who also that's... has
0: a great voice. Yes, I mean, yes, especially like, yeah. Of if it was, this made, right if it was just made today, I uh, think he would be in, like in w- Crazy right, so in silver, right in the sweet spot of this. Absolutely. Uh, so here are some of the actors. who Oh, hold on a sec. That sound means it is time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guys.
1: Listen, we've only been doing this game for two <laughs> episodes. So it's always like, what? <laughs> what is it? Is there a moth there a in the closet? Is there a What's problem happening? with the sound?
0: We are filming in a closet. Occasionally there are moths. We're doing what we can. <laughs> Behind the scenes facts of and almost starring. Uh, no, so the way that Two Troops and Some Guy works is two of the following actors were up for the role of Otho. And one was not. And I'm just making it up. Uh, and Amy Joe has to guess which is which. So the three actors are Paul Rubens, John Goodman. John Candy. Interesting. What do you think?
1: Ooh, what do you think? I feel, okay, Paul Rubens. I can see why that would be a possibility because he just done the Pee Wee film. Um, and he's a comedian, you know, even though most of us grew up with him on the Pee Wee Herman show. I feel like we forget that, like, it was born out of, like, a sketch background, which is obviously Catherine O'Hara. All of that came from that kind of comedic tradition. <laughs> mm-hmm. John Goodman and John Candy. John Goodman, was Roseanne on the air at this point in time? Um, I guess, I don't know. Roseanne
0: started in 1988. So it started this year.
1: Hmm... Oh, your face is inscrutable. I'm going to say that, oh gosh, I don't know. I'm going to be wrong. Why do I attach such stakes to things? <laughs> I'm going to say that some guy- Yeah, you guy, win nothing if you I win this right, nothing but pride. you lose
0: nothing if you get it wrong.
1: I get pride. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that some guy is John Candy.
0: I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Yes. John Candy was considered. So do you want to go for it? double or nothing of John Goodman and Paul Rubens? Who do you think is some guy?
1: John
0: Goodman. No, Paul Rubens is the one who was not up for it. I
1: was wondering if because, and this is just so like Hollywood of a certain era, mm-hmm. if because they went with a man of a particular build, they were only looking for a larger gentleman. Like that was my thinking of like why no. it might be one of the Johns. It, it
0: could have been. See, I, I put him in there because, because he... Tim Burton's only other film was PB's Big Adventure. I was like- I know that you got me. It would make sense to have worked with him again. And he worked with Paul Rubens also in uh, Batman Returns in a sm- very small role and I probably something or other. Um, but no, John Goodman and John Candy, which are very different choices. Yes. Very, very different types. I think of these Glenn Shaddocks is the best. And yes, John Goodman, uh, Roseanne was 88, so I don't know if he would have had time to mm-hmm. have done this. Um, and John Candy... Uh, in this year, instead of playing Otho, he instead did The Voice of Don the Horse in Hot to Trot, that movie, <laughs> The Timber, and Turn Down. Um, and he also did The Great Outdoors, which is this John Hughes uh, scripted film, and then played his character Chet from The Great Outdoors in a cameo in She's Having a Baby, along with Kirstie Alley What and a Alan heady Baldwin. time
1: everyone was uh, having everyone a baby
0: was in she's having a baby apparently because i've not seen she's having a baby apparently it ends with like dozens of famous cameos of all these people like offering like here's what you should name the kid and it's all these people some as themselves wow. and some as their characters from other john hughes it's movies like the
1: little rascals there at the of,
0: end. yeah like a real yeah uh okay let's move on to the ghost with the most himself, Beetlejuice, 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 or as Amy Jo and I have been calling him this past week, Battle Goose. Battle Goose. Battle Goose. Honk. Uh, so real quick, <laughs> Amy Jo, what are your thoughts? It's just fun imagining like this armored goose going into war. I am Battle Goose.
1: I'm Battle Goose.
0: He's <laughs> also Swedish. Yes, everyone's also Swedish. I Battle Goose. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> um, <laughs> Mitchell, what are your thoughts on Michael Keaton? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone other?
1: I think Michael Keaton. Um, I think he's great. So what a weird <laughs> performance. And <laughs> I mean weird with the utmost respect. I also, like, have seen a movie I've seen so, so, so many times in my life is the brand on Much Ado About Nothing. Mm. And his Dogberry... It's is very similar. It's so bizarre. Yes, it is. Very but it is one of those things I was like, what is up what are with you this? Doing? And then the more, and I was not that familiar with Much Ado before, and then I've seen a bunch of other adaptations, and mm-hmm. Dogberry can be a bit of a drag. Um, And then I've also seen like really great Dogberries. So I'm like, no one though is as weird You're... as Michael Keaton. Really and not. And I just love that here's an actor who's like a serious actor, you know? Hasn't he won I an mean, Oscar?
0: Uh, he was nominated for Birdman. Nominated Man, for Birdman. But I mean, more or less a serious actor, but he... St- I mean, before this was Mr. Mom. Like, his early okay, things Okay, all right, was, you're right, you're right. Uh, I think he had some TV credits, but his first movie is this movie, The Late Shift. I think... Oh, no, The Night Shift. Oh, yes. Henry Winkler. Yeah, where they're, like, and cops the, or something. Or I think they're, like, running a morgue
1: or something? That's or it. I anyway, can see the DVD cover in my he's head. He's
0: apparently, like, a real, like, improv beep-boppin and beep-bopping and scatting comedy guy okay, that. Well, And then, of course, Mr. Mom. Like, I forget about
1: the 80s, you know? Oh, yes, um, well, regardless, like... To be able to go into, even though it's a weird movie, it's a studio film, and yep. give a performance that like uncompromisingly strange.
0: He I made just it up, respected. he ad libbed ninety percent of his lines. Okay. Once um, he got permission from Tim Burton, he's like, "What do you think about me kind of taking this for a walk and getting a t- lot of take, take a dog
1: or, take a, the dog around the block?" Well, options. one of my my thoughts on on a a potential other person to cast because of that sort of thing with mm-hmm. Robin Williams. Sure. Because Robin Williams, of course, like, would yes. improvise. Uh,
0: yeah, very similar... kind of performer who can just like who could just give you like take after take of everything and
1: also along those lines if we were doing it today uh jason manzoukas would be a really very different but
0: (laughs) bizarre version of you character just an absolute chaos muppet to come in and disrupt everything and improvise jason manzoukas is usually the guy you want yes Uh, exactly and and a great improviser yeah oh yeah
1: legendary yeah Um, i love it so i think that would be fun i have um as far as like here we go um, I, I thought like for a, obviously a much more old school version of this film, like Peter Sellers, oh, Um uh, yeah, just yeah, cause yeah. he clearly was always like, what's the strangest choice I could make? Totally. I'd like to make that one, please. Yeah. Um, and then of course I think the person that is most similar to Michael Keaton would be Jack Nicholson. Um, oh, interesting. like he's just, I can, it looks like Jack Nicholson mm. as the Joker kind of in that makeup. Like, I think they look very similar to one another. Maybe they don't, but they do in my, you know, looking yeah. at one or the other. Um, uh, this would be a very different film, but More. I could have seen like this would not be the Tim Burton version of this, but I could have seen a version of this back in the day with Eddie Murphy in this part. Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, and then as far as today, here's the first person I've had twice on one list. <laughs> I would watch Kate McKinnon play oh, Juice. oh, Of course, of course. Uh, I,
0: I mean, her hair in that Ghostbusters 2016 is not. Dissimilar. Beetlejuice. Not,
1: not Beetlejuice. <laughs> um, I would watch that, and then also talk about another Chaos Muppet. Mm. I would watch Nicole Bayer do anything.
0: Oh yeah. Um, and she yeah, is yeah, yeah.
1: so outlandish and so funny, and uh so yeah. Those are my. Those are, those are my Beetlejuice thoughts.
0: Hicks, let's see if any of those people you mentioned might have
1: been up. For oh, I wonder if like uh, <laughs> Jack Nicholson might have been up for it. Oh
0: well, real quick first, according to Michael Keaton. The Beetlejuice character was described to him by Tim Burton as having lived in every time period, but no time period. So Keaton used this as a jumping off point to create the character. Like he helped design the makeup, including the shock hairdo, the mold makeup and the large teeth. And he said when he first showed up to the set. In the full Beetlejuice makeup and costume, the crew started chanting "juice, juice, juice," and he got he got so excited for the role, and he was that gave him like such confidence to be like, "Oh yeah, let's let's show it's showtime, it's showtime, Aww. baby." Um, I
1: feel like that mold makeup is so good; I can smell him. Oh, it's gross from a, through the screen.
0: Yeah, you know? he only worked for two weeks on the film because you forget that
1: he's barely at, in you, it. Yeah, when you
0: go back and watch this, you're like, he is barely in this film, and
1: clearly, so much of it he's filming. By himself. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot by himself. He's all, yeah, it's very, he makes such a huge impact for barely being in this film. All right, let's get into these actors that were considered. Okay. We've got everyone from all walks. Starting with T- who Tim Burton wanted, his childhood hero, to play Beetlejuice. And the studio execs shot him down was, of course, you guessed it, Rat Pack member Sammy Davis Jr. <sighs>
1: Fascinating.
0: <laughs> what a very different film. Yes. And I mean I, it, mean, I love
1: Sammy Davis Jr. Oh of but course. he is not a Michael Keaton uh energy.
0: No, no, no. And I th- I think this is that kind of role where it's not you've got a lot of different types of people that were up I for it and absolutely. Have energies. And like if you've got like a lounge, that's what I can see type. this
1: kind of like Vegas, hey, how's it you know, right. this sort of like that kind of thing.
0: It, it makes me think of that one musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer of, I forget his yes. name, but he's so good, but the guy that's oh, a He's that, wonderful, that yes. singer who plays, like, the demon, who, who's like, also like, I'm, and now you're all gonna have to sing and dance, because I'm casting a dark demon spell, of just kind of like, I, I could see that working, but the studio execs were like, no, what do you <laughs> like, especially when you've just made one movie that was, I believe, a hit, Pigby's Big Adventure, but like, you don't have enough, he didn't have enough clout at the time to be like, no, I want Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. Uh, Sam who who's a stand-up comic who's known cause you, don't, I assume I you know name, yeah, I don't know the name yeah was a stand-up why. comic that was probably best known for just yelling that he would just get
1: angry at a real whatever. like Lewis Black kind of thing
0: uh he was considered by producers but Kinison's agent never told him about the project but he also wasn't really an actor so it was yeah. like not that, i think for the best Robin Williams was oh my considered goodness. can
1: you believe it
0: i i can cuz i do think that he would have done a good job. I, I think I think I don't know. I never I don't think I can't think of any time that he was ever malevolent in that way cuz I can see him just ad-libbing and being funny and doing like joke like
1: It would be those a different energy. and being energy. a wild
0: that that you're just like, "Oh god, this 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 person is wild and like we can't contain this I energy." I mean, he's
1: got that like that but, like 80s cocaine energy, well you're you not know. Wrong. Like well, if you watch his when he would host SNL and they would just like let him go in the opening monologue and it would just be basically him doing like wild stand-up where you're like, is he breathing?
0: (sighs) Oh, man. You know? Like,
1: he just doesn't stop. So I feel like it would shift energetically for sure, but, like, I think it'd be interesting.
0: Totally. Uh, Christopher Lloyd was considered for Beetlejuice. Oh,
1: can see it. Interesting
0: one. I could could see it. I could see it. Uh, But instead, because he wasn't busy filming Beetlejuice, it freed him up to do Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which... (gasps) That's a tough one. It's like, would you rather have him as Beetlejuice or would you rather have him as as Judge Doom? And I think I'm like, he's a better fit as Judge Doom. Yes,
1: they're also both like... Childhood classic so villains. You we, got, know? we got to do
0: who's afraid of, of oh who, who's afraid who's afraid of Roger Rabbit. I'm, I started saying who's afraid of Virginia Wolf. Who framed who framed Virginia Wolf and I, who's afraid of yeah, Roger Rabbit. I don't Rabbit.
1: know. Was anyone else up for who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? But they were like, this yeah. is Elizabeth Taylor, so you're right, gonna do right. it. Um, oh uh, yeah, no, I, I think he's Rabbit. terrifying
0: as Judge Doom. So scary. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think he would have done good. But uh, I'm still giving it to Michael Keaton. Uh, Jim Carrey, young Jim Carrey. Yes, can see
1: absolutely. And if this movie. Movie had been made six seven years later
0: absolutely you know yeah yeah uh Dustin Hoffman was no. up for Beetlejuice and I was like I no. don't know what he had done outside of just being like we need a name and he only works two weeks so that I get that I get that uh, yeah like...
1: it's like the whole Shylock thing like what's a good Shakespeare part you can do like Al Pacino totally. being like oh sure, sure I'll do Shylock because it's I can just do it's five scenes if I can do the five scenes I can do this major Shakespearean role yeah, you're like... bringing
0: in your big actor to go film for like because who, who's only going to be like a week and then you've got like the actors that don't cost you as much for, that are there the whole yeah. time yeah oh but dustin hoffman instead of doing beetlejuice in 1988 he did rain man and won himself that second oscar so i think that was the better choice for, for him everyone. i mean Beetle for everyone beetlejuice i think well i i'm pretty sure i could be wrong but i think beetlejuice by and large is held in more more fondness than rain man which is kind especially of
1: especially nowadays hey, And yeah. we're like oh okay.
0: yeah yeah um Tim Curry was considered for Beetlejuice. <gasps> and that is the version like a the much I mean, thinking of him as Pennywise the Clown in the TV movie of It, mm-hmm. you're like, uh, <laughs> would it be funny or would it just terrify me? Well, Rookie Horror, he
1: does that camp, like he's terrifying and hilarious, you know?
0: It's true. It is true. I, I do think that he would be great, but in terms of like imagining if I saw this for the first time as a kid, just of thinking of <laughs> him, I mean, he's kind of scary and home alone. <laughs> Part
1: yeah, Tim Curry brings the thunder, baby. <laughs> he sure does. But he's um, so funny. Wadsworth hello hello
0: hello clear, clear. Uh, get a clear. Get a clear and get hire clear. Tim Watch Curry. Clear. Um. So instead, I this movie is banana sounding. Uh, because Tim Curry wasn't free to do Beetlejuice, he was doing Pass the Ammo, where he played a corrupt preacher being held hostage during a live broadcast by a young Bill Paxton. That was like a satire comedy look they, uh, they can't all be winners well they especially can't because the movie was released the same day the production and distribution company filed for bankruptcy <gasps> which is maybe why you haven't heard of pass the ammo pass that ammo pass the ammo uh, uh and uh, you guessed correctly jack nicholson was considered for people choose <laughs> which of two. course jack nicholson and michael Keaton would go on back to do joker yeah. and batman the next year in 89 i
1: think there's a lot of similar energy one is obviously a zany comedic take but it's that same kind of like malevolent demon energy type thing you right know? with
0: that beetlejuice you're getting more of like it's all gonna be kind of the this kind of dark energy or i mean he's he went on to do or no he had just done which is also probably why he wasn't interested because he had just played the devil in witches of eastwick in uh, 87 yeah because we talked briefly about uh witches of eastwick in our princess Bride episode Uh, so I'm sure she was like, I just played the devil, Tim. Uh, I can't be doing that this year, but I'll tell you what, I'll play your clown in a year if you want me. If you pay me a dump truck of money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just never have been able to forget seeing that Batman as a kid and where he like clearly just has a handkerchief and wipes white makeup across his forehead oh, great. but it looks like he's wiping it off and it's like <gasps> movie magic
0: <laughs> I love that movie. I love I love the special effects in this movie where you can see like when they're like okay when do we have to do forced perspective when do yes. we have to do stop motion and when do we have to do just it's like a great. real simple like and now Gina Davis is gonna move her hand through, through the, into, like through the sleeve really, and make it look like she's like coming em- back to life they
1: embrace it in oh, a way great. that you're like yeah we're not trying to Hide it, yeah. We're trying, in fact, to amplify it because it throws the sense of the world
0: into like a more of a disconcerting place, totally. Uh, Bill Murray was considered interesting, for Beetlejuice. he's
1: just much more of a sad clown,
0: very laconic, yeah, yeah.
1: Um. So I can understand why he would be on the list of people to talk to, but also why he would not be the person you would hire. Yeah.
0: And instead of doing Beetlejuice the same year, Bill Murray did Scrooge, which I don't care for, but I know some people really dig. It's also, uh, yeah, yeah, it's... And he had a cameo as himself in She's Having a Baby. No! <laughs> as did... Michael Keaton. Everyone was in She's Having a Baby. And this, I think, is the main film that created the whole Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon because it stars Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth oh. McGovern. And you've got dozens of people, of all like big name actors, playing themselves. And I'm like, is that why? It must be. I mean, he's also, he's in, you know, whatever. He's got a million J. movies. JFK that has a ton of actors. And, that is. But like that film has so many actors. You're like, is this why Kevin
1: Bacon? They do Six Degrees of you Kevin You really Bacon? wove that in really slyly up top. I didn't oh, know did this was going to be I was just a random mentioning these
0: things. <laughs> uh, John Cleese was up for Beetlejuice.
1: Um, I think John Cleese is so I don't funny, but I can't.
0: Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I don't see it. Because the same year, he was doing a fish called Wanda, which a better yes choice, better option. That's the film. Well, that I mean, I've... he wrote it too. So, well, of yeah. course, of course, of course. Uh but if like, if like Kevin Kline. I do think Kevin Kline, Klein, yes. of Like, why wasn't Kevin Klein up? I Well, if you watch Faulty
1: Towers, I can see why you would think maybe John Cleese. Just because he is so screamingly funny in that. And it's a much totally. more aggressive energy.
0: I mean, I could see John Cleese as, uh, uh, what's his face? Oh, No, no, no. Charles of the, the Jeffrey Jones uh, oh, Charles Dease. Oh, like just sure. like But I think that's like, also because
1: what you've seen him do most is fish called Wanda, so that's what's
0: most cemented. Ah, and, and Monty. I've seen him do more than yeah, yeah, yeah. fish but called Wanda. But
1: no, it's true. It's it's uh, there's something. A also... variety
0: of Monty python
1: characters. There's also, I think, something about what Michael Keaton does that feels distinctly American, that yeah. makes the choice of John Cleese seem a little like, huh? It's it true. Just it be it v- is very different. Less vulgar. This for is sure. not
0: the kind of film where you can just plunk the other people considered. Into the role and be like, and that's what that would be like because knowing that Michael Keane ad-libbed so much. I mean, the whole the first time you see him is his like commercial for his Bio Exorcism deals, <laughs> yep. where he's like doing it as a cowboy for some reason, which is clearly like you would not have if you had John Cleese, or maybe you would, um, which would be very funny. Um, Robert De Niro was considered, and oh, that has to 100% have been one hundred percent no. The more like weirder darker take hey, I'm imagining team. him like when he played frankenstein in that kenneth browner version where he's like oh, I'm, a, I'm a growling monster uh, but i'm still still got kind of a brooklyn accent uh and it's that year instead he did midnight run which is like one of i think like the only comedy he did until once he did meet the parents then it was like oh yeah i do comedies now that's it's me like, wait this is fun <laughs> this is a lot less taxing for me to just I'm show up and this. grumpily yeah. do some one-liners uh Dudley Moore was considered. I thought of him too. Oh, much I could see that much more than John Cleese Absolutely. if you're going with like British comics. I didn't the time. go with
1: him because because I was I found it really hard to like find any Brits that like made a lot of sense in this yeah. part to me, but like I did think like, oh Dudley Moore would be interesting. Yeah. Just because he also has all that chaos energy. You Absolutely. Know? Just
0: thinking of Arthur, which 88 was the year of Arthur II on the rocks, uh, which is what he was filming instead. I, mean, I know That, that was subtitle.
1: the <laughs> subtitle. Well, I hate <laughs> him and it's so good. <laughs> I respect it in spite of myself.
0: Because Ar- if you have not seen Arthur, A, you should check it out. It's a very fun film, but he's also a, a like a billionaire alcoholic. Raging alcoholic. Raging alcoholic. But it's so funny in, in that. I could see that, yes, that chaos yeah. energy. Uh, and finally, Tim Burton approached this <laughs> actor, but he turned it down. As he was in the middle of shooting The Running Man. That's right. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. What? What do you mean no? You don't want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger as... Imagine Arnold trying to say Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. That's a battle goose. You know I don't want to see Arnold as Beetlejuice. (laughs) You rarely want to see Arnold do most Look, I think Arnold
1: is good at things. It's
0: showtime, baby. (laughs) You will have to marry me. Trust me, it's... It's just a marriage of convenience. That takes care of the Maitlands. If, if I tell you my name, you tell my friends. They're calling me on the horn. Are... Oh, it's the
1: time. I'm giving them autographs. Come, come here,
0: little fly. I'm going to eat you up. Uh, I can't imagine what an Arnold Schwarzenegger Beetlejuice would look like.
1: Naked-ish? <laughs> Probably. <laughs>
0: I, I I really don't know. Uh, but yeah, those are your actors that were up for Beetlejuice. Uh, those were all the, char- the characters that I found other casting options for. So before we move on, we're going to do a quick segment of trading places. So if one of the actors almost cast in Beetlejuice did land the role, and it led to them subsequently trading careers with the actor who actually was cast, who would you most like to see? So for example, if... Bill Murray played Beetlejuice, then that means that he would have gone on to play Batman and Birdman and Vulture and all the other flying characters that Michael Keaton plays, and then Michael Keaton subsequently would be doing Lost in Translation and every Bill Murray role since. Uh, So, Amy, I'll I'll go first while while you think and feel free. I'm going to have to look at this. Yeah, if you want to go look at my iPad with all of the many many people that were up for this movie. Uh, So I'll go ahead and say, I don't care, not mad about it, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It would have ruined Beetlejuice, but (laughs) I do... Do You want to see Birdman? Yes, I want (laughs) to see Arnold Schwarzenegger as a former Hollywood star... Which is uh, to be like, now totally. I'm no longer in my prime, so now I'm going to Broadway. Uh, but just imagining Arnold just being like, I'm banking all of my money on this Broadway play adaptation of Wake Over. Why? why? Lindsay, Lindsay Duncan, why you give me such bad reviews? You critics know nothing. Uh, you would not have been
1: his uh, cinematography stand-in uh, if it been Arnold. I it would have been, have
0: been yes. Uh, <laughs> as as Amy Joe is, is pointing out, I did uh, a day of stand-in work for Michael Keaton on Birdman uh, before he ever got to set. This was, uh, if you've seen Birdman, you know it's all these like long, long, long one takes so they were like, how do we film all these one takes and get the lighting right? So before production I was lucky enough. This is one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do. So it was just me and the skeleton crew. Director uh, Alejandro Inarritu was not there, uh, but uh, Emmanuel Lebetsky was. So before he won, I believe he is at this moment of recording three Oscars. This is before all three, because I think he won his first one for Birdman. Mm-hmm. So it was mainly me chilling with him uh, on the set on the Saint at the Saint James Broadway Theater. As he would just follow me around with the camera, and they would try to figure out where to put lights. Uh, he never remembered my name. He would just call me Young Man. Uh, he was like, um, y- Young Man, uh, can you... And he would like look to his assistant and be like, I can't remember his name. And I was like, I could hear him, but I was like, I'm not mad. You've been, cinematogra- you've been the cinematographer on so many cool movies. Um, but yeah, so that that is the closest I've come to fame with Michael Keaton. But I would not have been the stand-in. If If it were Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't Birdman. (laughs) Can you imagine Um, him
1: at the end, like, flying through the sky?
0: And also, I love it, because then if they switched careers, that means that Michael Keaton would be, have taken over as Terminator in Terminator (laughs) 2 Judgment Day. Uh, Just him in this leather jacket, riding a motorcycle, and just just imagining Michael Keaton as Terminator, which is the world I want to live in. But
1: that also means that Arnold isn't much ado about nothing. (gasps) Oh,
0: my God. Doing
1: Shakespeare.
0: But I could see, he couldn't be doing that. Michael Keane performance but I could see him
1: but honestly because like Dogberry is is known for having a lot of malapropisms which kind of makes sense when you have someone who's clearly like speaking English as a second language (laughs) but then it feels worse to laugh at them Um, but you know he's big and strong so you're like well you got other things going for you I'll laugh at you anyway sir
0: Yeah, and, and then Michael Keaton as Mister Freeze and Batman and Robin. Just in general, there's such different. performances I would actually that I, be interested in seeing him as
1: Mister Freeze. Be, yeah,
0: uh, I, I think that he could maybe make the uh, those awful, ice awful to ice puns. Yes,
1: <coughs> you know, so.
0: time to put this party on ice, babe. All right. So, do Amy Chow? Uh, do you have? Yeah, any
1: here's my my wacky thought that just uh, I would be. I don't know that this is the world I want to live in, mm-hmm. but I would see it, and that is uh, Winona switching with Sarah Jessica Parker.
0: Ooh, so So, Winona in Sex and the City.
1: Winona in Sex and the City, we have Sarah Jessica Parker Now in Stranger Things. Yes, exactly. But that also means we have like, does that also mean that SJP dates Johnny Depp? Does that mean that Winona Ryder marries Matthew Broderick? (gasps) Who's to say, Interesting.
0: It would mean that we would get some, because Sarah Jessica Parker occasionally pops up in the New York theater scene. Mm -hmm. uh, And it would mean that we would get some Winona on the stage. That means Winona would have, well I mean she Does she? Wasn't she in The Crucible? Or she was in the movie. In the movie The Crucible.
1: See, who I didn't see it. Um uh, but uh that would mean that she was playing uh the lead Winifred in Once Upon a Mattress, the revival on Broadway. When was that? I thought the that was mid nineties. Oh mid nineties.
0: Okay, you're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Winona as Winifred. Okay.
1: Um I'll which I, I'm not mad about. But I just think it'd be very interesting. Then that, that also means that you have Winona in hocus pocus which actually kind of works um but yeah winona and sex in the city is a shocking
0: thought <laughs> it really is but i'm into i mean in, but i'm into like winona especially because we've also been rewatching watching he- heathers, we, heather's yeah. recently so imagining like carrie bradshaw and just all black in like these billowy black. It's
1: the exact same long opening long credits shirt. where she's wearing that like pink tutu thing, but it's like gray. It's like all gray and she's, black. She, well, she's looking
0: like Black Swan because uh, she's in Black Swan. Then SJP is in Black Swan. So it all, I, I dig it. They're I, both I, still, fan. the
1: thing is they're both still really working a lot today. Yes. So I think you have a lot of fascinating things to think
0: about. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so now final thoughts. And do we think this film was a linchpin for any of the actors cast or almost cast? like who would this have most wildly shaped the lives of and i think i mean Catherine o'hara because she met her husband on the set that's huge uh really really huge uh and i i think molly ringwald of the ladies is changed. the one that like re- could have potentially like really judged her career right at the time when it was like well what else where it's like what else you got and it's like she's been leading all of these films yeah. as a ch- ch- child um and i just well, yeah. never really just got to like yeah, it just kind of hit the wall in the '90s, unfortunately. Because I do like Molly Ringwald uh, and Tim Burton, like clearly. Oh, for sure. His second film, and if this didn't work, like uh, was Bat. I think I'm assuming Batman was the next year, so they were already like on their way. But like Michael, Ke- like Michael Keaton. Would Michael Keaton have been Batman if like he didn't do this film and him and Tim Burton get along yeah, I don't so know. well?
1: I think. It- Someone like Jim Carrey, if this had happened, obviously he would have hit sooner. But like mm. he was about to hit anyway, and I think him hitting in like Ace Ventura was a much yes. better fit for his skill set. Because that year,
0: ninety four, he did he had Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, and The Mask all came out in the same Jeez. year. Because then this time, I forget when he joined in Living Color, but like that's he was yeah. like in Living Color was his thing until they were like, oh well, you've had three hit movies in one year. I guess you're um, the biggest movie star currently I've working. I've seen
1: this uh one company selling face masks that are black with just bright green like font that say the mask oh. on them <laughs> so you just are wearing a, the mask perhaps, that's funny which amused me i dig that um but yeah i think that it would have just like propelled him sooner but again maybe it wouldn't have
0: yeah. worked in the same I way i thought you're gonna say it was a mask that had his like his gap and it's it oh. like his missing tooth or no, no, his no, gap no. tooth or whatever he has going on dumb and dumber no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah no that's a very good, that's a very good point uh and great those so those are our final thoughts i think so it's a it holds up great it's, it really does. It's really
1: a fun watch. Such a good film. If I you've think...
0: not seen it, like do yourself a favor because it's a delight, and especially if you like, you dug like if you like, oh, I saw Edward Scissorhands and like some young Tim Burton and I liked him, and now you are just like don't care for the stuff he's putting out, all the Disney stuff. It's like go back and re- watch or rewatch Beetlejuice because yeah. it was what a singular talent like coming out of the gate.
1: One of the notes that I jotted down was like the Burton POV of mm. the world is so clear in this movie, which is I think part of what as he got more money and interested in doing other things as well, like got a little muddied, you know, or, mm. or it just wasn't as surprising, you know, as, and in this movie, it's just like, everything feels so organic to the world. And it's just, yeah, you feel like very immersed in this particular place and style in totally. a way that's very whole, you yeah. know?
0: Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Well, email us at at gmail.com and we'll check it out. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm
1: (laughs) (laughs) Goose. Sorry, I mean,
0: Emmett Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. (laughs)